returned to their ordinary world, changed person, and, and what they return with doesn't just make their life better, but it makes the lives of the people around them, the world, a better place. And that is true for all of us in our lives. For every adventure that you go on, no matter how difficult it is, sometimes you won't feel like it's an adventure, sometimes it f you feel like it was um, someone, something pulling you right through hell and back. Uh, but if you can find the courage to face your fears, let go of your old self, you'll finish the adventure a changed person and with new power to live and to help others. In Hollywood, the studios get a lot of screenplay submissions. I'm sure you can imagine how many people would be keen for the big studios to pick up their script, and so they're just writing scripts and sending them in. And somebody in the studios has to read all these screenplays, and they're about 100 pages long, each one, and if you're getting hundreds of them per day, that's a lot of reading to do, right? So the studios employ people and their sole job is to read screenplays but even those people have to do it really quickly so what do you do for you as a writer if any of you are writers i think we have a writer confirmed writer and possible other uh, doublers um, if you if you want to get your screenplay read you need to know this is what happens they don't read the whole screenplay they get your 100 page screenplay and they read the first 10 pages to get an idea of the opening image and then they flick all the way to the end and totally ruin the story and they read the last few pages so they get the closing image. It's terrible, right? Because you like all the work you put into the middle, you may as well just not have done. Just put lorem ipsum in the, in the 60 pages. But the beginning and the end images determine whether or not the reader is going to invest their time in reading the rest of the story. That's their system. And that's because in a story, the opening image and the closing image are what defines the transformation of the hero. So like, in, we've got these three movies we keep coming back to, uh, Legally Blonde, Avatar and The Lion King. I'm trying to get a broad spectrum of what you might like. Uh, and if you like really arty experimental films, I'm so sorry, but <clears throat> they're invalid. So Legally Blonde... <laughs> Legally Blonde starts with a popular sorority girl who's uh, making herself look pretty with lots of pink and fluff. That's the opening image. She thinks that night her boyfriend is going to propose. How does the movie end? Legally Blonde ends with the same girl, Elle Woods, graduating from Harvard and instead of being all in pink and fluffed up, she's in black like every other graduating student. And yet, she stands in front of the crowd and she speaks about the importance of believing in yourself. So the image there is one from a person who sees the outward appearance as being the most important thing to a person who is dressed like the rest of the crowd, but she's talking about inner value, the value of the character. That's a powerful image. Uh, and unbeknownst to her, her boyfriend is gonna propose that night. Uh, in Avatar, what's the opening shot of the image, of the movie? It's his eyes opening, his human eyes opening, after he's just waking up from being cryogenically frozen to travel to another planet. And then the closing image of the, of the end of the movie, it's like this big wide shot that sweeps all the way into the same frame, an extreme close-up of his alien eyes, his Navi eyes, as he opens them, being fully transformed and like converted transferred his consciousness into the alien body. 
It's a literal transformation. And then in The Lion King, who's seen The Lion King? Thank you. Awesome. Has anybody never seen a movie, just doesn't like movies, doesn't watch movies? Oh, good. <laughs> it's worth asking. In The Lion King, I mean, you probably wouldn't say if you were the one person, would you? Like, I hate movies. In The Lion King, the opening of the film is that great song by Elton John, The Circle of Life, and all the animals are gathering to come and see the new prince Simba being uh, who is born. And what's the end of the film? It's The Circle of Life by Elton John, and all the animals are gathering, and Simba has become the king. He's embodied the responsibility of the king, and now his son is born, and the animal kingdom has come to see the new son. So you're getting the picture, right? That we get an opening image and a closing image, and the whole idea is to show the transformation of the hero. The same thing happens in stories all throughout history, in every culture, in every belief system, in every part of the world, every part of history. In the Apostle Paul uh, in the New Testament, at the beginning of his story, we've talked about this in a previous message. If you missed it, you can go back and listen to the podcast. But at the beginning of his story, he's on the road to Damascus with permission to arrest Christians and bring them back to Jerusalem in chains. He's self-righteous and focused on executing and upholding the law. At the end of his story, we get the image of his transformation. Now Paul has given his own life to Jesus, and for that, he is in chains, in prison. And he writes from his prison cell at the end of his life, he's not self-righteous anymore, his trust is in God. And in 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 7, we read, he says, I have fought the good fight, I have finished the race, and I have remained faithful. And now the prize awaits me. It's like the elixir of life. The crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will give me on the day of his return. And the prize is not just for me, everybody say, not just for me, but for all who eagerly look forward to his appearing. If you find yourself in this aftermath part of your story, you've just finished a season of your life, something has come to an end, it's like you're coming back to your ordinary world. Just like in stories of old, that aftermath is a reflection of how you may have been transformed along the way. And so the end, end of a season is time to reflect. Paul is reflecting, and what does he find? He finds, I've found the good, uh, I have fought the good fight, I've finished the race, and I have remained faithful. So if you find yourself at the end of a season, the kinds of questions you want to ask yourself are, where am I now, and who am I now? It's an opportunity to look back on all of your hardship that you've been through and see that God works all things together for good, for those who love him, and according to his purpose. You may have been through hell and back, but God, the author of life and the finisher of your faith, has used that adventure to transform you from the inside out. That's the opportunity we get. And you know, for many of us, uh, I know people have had really dark days through all the COVID lockdowns and all kinds of stuff. 
but we see this in action here because I can't seem to hear enough of people's silver linings. It's like the COVID stuff was very difficult for a lot of people. But what I hear even more than the suffering and difficulty that people faced is people talking about how they've changed as a result and how their life is different now and the silver linings on the cloud that was COVID. And I think that's a reflection of how people are transformed by difficulty. And so the thing we want to do at the end of our story is compare yourself to the person that set out on the adventure all that time ago. It's important that you compare yourself to yourself. It's very easy to go about comparing yourself to every other person in the world. I don't know if you've thought about this before, but like if, if, you, if your world is a village of 50 people and you're the baker and you've become the best baker in that region, it's like it's pretty good to be able to look at the hard work you do and say, well, I've done good work with my hands. Now that we have the internet and you're connected to 7 billion other people on the planet, how easy do you think it is to become the best in your world at something? It's nigh impossible, right? And so if you go about comparing yourself to others, especially now that we have the internet, you will find yourself falling so very short, no matter how good you are. But you have something to contribute to the world, but if you compare yourself to others all the time, then you won't ever contribute it because you'll think it's worth nothing. And so you're much better off not comparing yourself to others, but looking back and seeing how far have I come, how much have I changed, am I better today than I was yesterday? And once you start to look back, you'll see one of two things. One, you might not be happy with what you see or the transformation that you have made or haven't made. And for you, I would recommend listening to Elevation Worship's song, My Testimony, because there's the best lyrics ever. Those lyrics are, if I'm not dead, God's not done. If I'm not dead, God's not done. So if you find yourself at the, the end of a, a season and you're not happy with where you've come to, well, look to the future. There's a new adventure coming and there's a promise of transformation. If you would just pick it up and face your fears, God is the great author and finisher of your faith and, uh, and he will work things together. Go on the journey with him. If you look back on your life and you can see your essence, the person you've become, the truth of who you are on the inside that has come forth, as a result of your adventure, then my encouragement to you is to live in your essence. Live it out. Live as the new version of yourself. Just like Paul says, and the prize is not just for me, but for all who eagerly look forward to his appearing. And so when the hero returns to their ordinary world with the elixir of life, their, their transformation is not just for them. And so your transformation, not just for you. It's meant to be given. It's meant to be a promise to the rest of the world that the world might come alive. My friend Chris has a great story about becoming a nurse and his family is here today which is super good morning Horrocks clan. Um, you know Chris is an amazing guy. I was going to say young but we're not really that young anymore are we? We're sort of we're almost middle-aged. 
But Chris's story is, uh, it's like the story of his season in his life, becoming, becoming a nurse, uh, is like a textbook hero's journey. It involves a call to adventure. He had moments where he refused the call to adventure, had wounds from his past that led to fears that he faced and overcame. He stepped into the unknown world and ultimately was transformed. See, Chris was working in uh, mental health at the time and decided that he wanted to become a nurse. So he applied to go to uni, started university. We were talking about it, really excited. Uh, it was going really well. Every time I'd see him, how's uni going? Yeah, great, great, great. Until one day I was like, how's uni going? And he just went silent. And I said, What's, uh, how's uni going? He said, well, I don't technically go there anymore. <laughs> I said, what happened? It was like maybe a month or two months in. That's what happened. And Chris um, explained that he uh, was learning heaps of stuff, going really well, and then the first assignment came, which he was felt unprepared for, sat down to try to do the assignment and was had total mental blank and felt like, I can't do that. And, um, and so I said, well, why did you quit? Why didn't you just push through? He said something so profound, which taught me so much. He said, I, what, if I think about what I was afraid of, what really happened is I quit before they could tell me that I'd failed so that it was still in my control. And, and so from that fear of failure came a refusal of the call. And so... But he still wanted to become an S. So he reapplied, once he thought through that and figured out what was going on, he reapplied to go study elsewhere in another form. And we agreed to just work together. And when the first assignment came up, Chris was equally intimidated and realised, explained to me that in his past, in his schooling, he had developed the belief that, he, that that was not for him. He was not academic and he couldn't do writing stuff. Um, so in, probably not very smart. So, you know, when he sat down to do it, it was just an impossibility. Um, and yet we sat there together and I said, I'm coming over and we're just going to sit and do an assignment together. And so I said, okay, so how's it going? He's got a blank page, nothing. Um, and so Chris, I said, well, what's the What's the assignment about? He said, oh, it's about this, this, and this, and this. I said, okay, so what would you, what would you, what would you want to see? If you were just talking, because Chris is like one of the most excellent verbal communicators that I've ever experienced. And, and I think the reason is because he's compensating. He's like, that's the skill that he developed. So then I said, well, how would you say this to your lecturer, explain what you're talking about? And then he just starts talking about all the things he's learned. He's not stupid at all. He's got it all in here. He just couldn't get it on the page. And so he starts telling me all of what the assignment's about. And I just start typing what he's saying. And then he comes over. He says, oh, oh and I wouldn't say that. Just change that to that and that and that. I said, oh, should I make those changes? And then he's like, oh, okay. And then before we know it, we've got the whole assignment written. And he said, oh. That's not so bad, is it? So a few assignments in, we'd sat together, and more and more, Chris would be like, ah, oh, I don't need you anymore, you know? I got this, it's not so bad, it's not so intimidating. And so 
He, he was transformed and set free in many ways from part of that fear that he had of failing because he realized what he'd come to believe about himself was false. And he actually was a smart guy. Of course he could do it. All he needed to do was push through that fear of failure. But what's extraordinary about Chris's story is it's not just, oh, he got the certificate and he finished studying and became a nurse. That's like all about Chris. By the end of Chris's university, or I don't know what to call it, it was, by the end of his study period, uh, Chris was not just doing well himself. Chris was the top of the class. And this is the guy who said, oh, I'm not, you know, I'm not very academic. Not only was he top of the class, but repeatedly, everybody else in the class would come to Chris for help with their assignments. Because they would say, Chris, you're a smart guy. You've picked all this up really well. Can you please help me with my assignments? That's the elixir of life. When you've been transformed by something, when you've pushed through, been on an adventure, and you've been transformed, what you've been transformed with is not just for you. It's meant for the people around you, for your little village. And so that's what I want to encourage you with this week. Once you know who you've become, it's your job to share that with others. So next week we're going to finish our series by rolling the credits. That's what we're talking about. The kinds of characters that will populate the world of the hero because your destiny is largely formed by the people you surround you with. And we're going to talk about what happens next after a story is all over. And how does our story fit into the big picture? But we're going to wrap up this morning just by asking a couple of questions. So I'm just going to ask you to invite you to stand and the band's going to come. We're going to get ready to sing a song uh, and then we're going to dedicate some babies to the Lord, including my own. But, you know, it's like second child, so it's not that big a deal. Um, <laughs> uh, who's a second child here? Is anybody a second child? Yeah. Eli, if you're watching this back, I love you, mate. You're a champion. <laughs> Maybe we should edit that out. <laughs> oh, man. First, I want to ask, this is something that we ask every Sunday. We want to give you the opportunity. We want to invite you to invite Jesus into your heart. If you've never done that before, or you've done it before, but you feel you need to do it again, because you've walked away from Him and you want to come back this morning, I'm going to invite you to ask Him into your heart. So if you just close your eyes so that nobody's looking around, I can see, I'm just going to ask you to lift your hand up, raise your hand. If you're online, you can raise your hand in the chat. And what we're going to do is after the service, one of our team is going to come and pray with you, give you a Bible and help you start on that journey to follow Jesus. So if there's anybody here and you would like to do that, you'd like to ask Jesus into your heart that He might be the author of your life. I'd ask you to just raise your hand right now and one of our team is going to pray with you after the service. If you're here online, raise your hand in the chat and we're going to pray with you. Fantastic. While you got your eyes closed, I'm going to invite you to just reflect on the kinds of adventures that you've been on, the kind of things you've battled through in your life. The opportunity of the aftermath is to reflect on 
who you have become. To see how God has used your life to transform you from the inside out. That you might become a new kind of person and share that new, more connected, more evolved, more fulfilled person with the world. So I'm going to ask you, where are you today? Who are you compared to how you started out? Are you moving closer to Jesus? Or are you moving further away? In whatever transformation that you've undergone, how can you share that with other people? Father, I pray. Everybody here who's reflecting on the things that they've walked through, the things that they've been through, pray you'd help us to see, Lord, that wherever we are, however transformed or not we are, if we're not dead, you're not done. We pray you would call us into the next adventure so we can continue to be transformed, continue to become the truth of who we're called and created to be and help others do the same. Thank you, Father. Lord, we thank you for the work that you're doing in our life. We thank you for the family, the people that you've surrounded us with. And we thank you uh, that here this morning, it's like you have brought us home into your family. Amen.